You. Are now about to witness the awesome crushing might of the Eugene S. Robinson show. By William F. Buckley. So, uh, stop it! Oh, oh, look at the slobber. Take a drink. Woo, I'm dizzy. Welcome, my friends, to the show that seemingly apparently kind of never ends. This is V50. Which is very different from VO5. It's what I put on my hair. This show is about Fedor. This show is about Bellator. This show is about an Irish sports star. And. I am your host, Eugene S. Robinson. Show bumper music as usual. Stigmata. From Calling of the Just, the song is called Intro, All of Nothing, sung by Bob Riley, and still carried by Revelation Records in Huntington Beach, California, to see where they hit your car with a hammer. To buy it from there, buy it, Calling of the Just. But Bob Riley, the singer from upstate New York, to sing the words. Some of this show, and you're weak if you're living right. Listen well. Listen well. I'm on my way back to nowhere. But I could not see so clear. I'm taking a real good look at you. A real good look at your face. So being paid back and forth, always nothing. All right, my friends. Let's uh, let's stop that foolishness. Not foolishness, it's stigmata. Let me tell you a little bit. I'll tell you a little bit about stigmata later. We are going to have a uh, uh, question and answer thing because I'm getting a strong sense that you need it. So at the ha- I don't have to tell you at the halfway mark, not before, which means it's 630. Uh, uh, DM me or tweet me your questions and we'll get to them because I got the phone right here and, and we'll look at the bugs flying around my face. Let's see if I can get this bulb bulb thing to work. Oh, blue snowballs. It seems to be working. If there's a problem, I got the little red light. I trust that you will uh, let me know. Anyway, um, let, let's get right into this. Since this is, uh, listen, let, let, uh, mm-hmm. How do we start a show? First of all, I want to let me get the the housekeeping out of the way. Right now, if you downloaded the Himalaya app and it's spelled Himalaya, Himalaya, like the mountains, you get the app, it would have already sent you. You should already be listening to Ozzy Confidential. And this one, we had the first one with a uh, Max Moore, the, uh, the combat vet with the crazy PSD, the suicidal soap story. Got that cat of number one. Number two, me talking to me about, oh man, steroids. One guy was saying, yeah, I wish you could kind of talk about the good things that <laughs> you don't want me to do that. You know, and then it sounds like an endorsement of steroids and performance enhancing drugs. And we got enough problems, men. This is kind of a men's show, but we're gonna get to that later. Um, and then the third one was on Josephine Knockoff, the uh, the Swedish royal. That means the royal family or noble. I forget which is which. Is which. Uh, uh, the PhD holder, professor, beauty queen winner, Ivy Leaguer, Swede and crack whore. She does a whole, we do a whole like 40 minutes with her where she talks about her descent. Why would why why must it be a descent? Why must it be a descent? Her her move into 
essentially fucking and sucking for crack. I don't mince words. I mean, I could use polite language, you know, um, but I mean, essence is the same. If these words hurt you, I don't think you'd be listening to the show. She is number three on Ozzy Confidential. Number four, which Himalaya should be there now, is a little comic relief. <laughs> but it's comic relief like only fans of the showstopper would appreciate. I interview a Nazi, <laughs> not a neo Nazi, <laughs> a guy who is uh, making the claim making the public claim that he is uh, uh, an original Nazi, cryogenically frozen, thawed out, in hiding, and returns. And this cat strolls around San Francisco in full-on SS uh, officer gear. And uh, like I write in the intro to the piece, he says, hey, uh, in his German accent, says, I, I need to know that you're for real, Eugene. Uh, Eugen, this is my name in German. I need to know that you're Fabio again. And I go, what, what do you mean? Well, just if things get hard, I, do, I don't want to be left. I go, what do you mean things get hard? He goes, well, you know, there's walking down the streets here. It's a very, uh, uh, it's a city, it's a city of children. I go, I, I'm not getting you. He goes, if someone tries to beat me, will you, will you stand with me? I go, oh, oh, if somebody wants to attack you because you're dressed like an SS officer, Will I watch? Will I flee? I'll run away like a small child? Or will I defend you? I go, the visuals, the optics of me fighting, you know, hip and shoulder next to a guy <laughs> sporting a swastika and a fully accurate death head SS officer's uniform is probably about the craziest thing I've ever seen. Too bad it's audio, but yes, I will stand with you to defend my right to get this interview on tape. So that's the one that's there now. Uh, we had to change the title, which had Naughty Nazi in it, because uh, Facebook and Google will fucking shunt us down, down the, down, however they, they slap your wrist. So I, I, I think I used Third Reich and I hope that everybody would get what we meant. So anyway, that's up now, Ozzy Confidential. It's also RSS, it's also YouTube. I don't think the YouTube hits until Tuesday. It's also, I tweet it out. It's also iTunes. It's also Stitcher, SoundCloud, wherever you get your fucking podcast, listen to it. Like I asked you guys to kind of follow me on, on, on Twitter, uh, you know, so I would get my raise. This is beyond raise. What this is, this is very seriously job time. <laughs> you know, the show does well. I got a job. Show doesn't do well. Oh, well, Eugene. <laughs> it's one of those Hollywood fades where, you know, somebody looks at you and go, well, let's hope it does well. And for those just listening on SoundCloud, what I'm doing is leaning toward the camera with that look on the face that says, it better do well. So uh, it's it's shorter than this show. It's an easy listen. Listen to it, Ozzy Confidential. And let's start the show. So listen, it's, and I'm going to start, the Fedor thing will come later. I want to start with what a friend of mine, he was an Olympic athlete, Mexico City Olympics. And I've talked about him in print before. His, I'll give you his name. His name is Don Baima, uh, spelled B-A-J-E-M-A. Um, I used to call him Donnie Pajama. And for various reasons, Donnie Pajama does not, uh, does not continue his association with me, uh, mostly due to his, um, uh, who knows. Yeah, he had a bad marriage and, uh, and uh, somehow, that wasn't my fault, but, you know, his ex-wife made him miserable and used the cudgel she used to make him miserable was, I think, me. Guy got remarried, got his shit together, moved to New York. Anyway, he's written a couple books, but he was one of the first people to talk to me seriously about steroids. And, of course, he had taken them back in the 60s, and he, he looks at largely as a causative agent to fuck up his chances in the Mexico City Olympics. He was a track and field guy. And I think I may have reprinted portions of his letter to me. It was heartfelt, from the heart. Um, but uh, he's kind of a... We had an interesting relationship. We're no longer in the associated. But the point is, at one point he said to me in a really compelling way, and this must have been in 1987. Yeah, it was before Leonard Part 6. So it had to be 85 or 86. And he said to me, he goes, Eugene, frankly, um, last couple of decades have been tough on us men. I mean, he, he, he was like, you go to dinner at his house, and when he was in the kitchen cooking, 
his wife would be talking shit about him. And that when, and then, you know, and then when, let's see, and then when uh, she went to the store to get some stuff, he would talk shit about her. It was really toxic, you know, and unhealthy in the only way bad marriages can be. But he said to me, and it wasn't apropos of that, he said to me, it's been a hard couple of decades for men. And I guess what he was talking about is, you know, going back to the 60s women's liberation and, you know, um, you know, men who are coming of age having to worry about a whole different set of stressors, you know, which were always there in the old days, but weren't publicized. I mean, I think people were probably having as much sex as ever, uh, but there, there were rules, very old rules, <laughs> like the guy says from Godfather Part Three. you know, I have people I have to answer to. Uh, um, so, you know, there was social, but then suddenly there were, um, and just when you thought it couldn't transmogrify into something different, we have yet again. I mean, I remember a woman in college who had told my roommate that she was going to start stripping to make money. And, and, uh, I mentioned that to somebody else. I was like, Oh, did you hear that? Uh, her name was Adora. I don't care. What are you going to do? Her name was Adora. I said, oh, Adora's going to start stripping. And so the guy who told me this, I told somebody else, apparently he told me not to tell anybody. I don't remember that, but he told somebody, I told, he heard it, but hey, somebody, Eugene said, so he goes back to Adora and says, hey, um, did you tell Eugene that you were going to start stripping to make money, what, you know, in college? She goes, no, no. And she was, she went to Stanford, but she, well, she was from Oakland. And she was like, that motherfucker going out, telling me. I'm gonna have some people come down from Oakland and fuck. And she goes, he goes, you might want to rethink that. She goes, what do you think? Eugene with his mohawk, fuck him. I'll beat his punk ass. He said, well, Eugene's armed. <laughs> you might want to rethink that because that's gonna go places deep and heavy, just for some titties. It doesn't make any. So she left it. Stopped talking to me. Whatever. We gone from that to uh, which I think is a much healthier development to you know women saying. And what? And what? And I should, I, I'm naked on stage so you can pay to see it. And what? The shame is not mine. The shame is yours for not knowing the value of a fucking dollar. Tits. Everybody you see who doesn't have a penis has them. Big deal. And then so out of this, we the slut walk. So just when, you know, I mean, somebody like me who came to 60s and 70s, transmogrified into, into, you know, where I, a super healthy development when somebody stands up and goes, I'm a porn star, big deal. I want to pay my way through college. You don't like it? It's your problem. It's your problem. I remember at one point, somebody in high school, our teacher was talking to us about prostitution somehow and or, or, or porn movies. It came up, I mean, I must've been about eight. And, and one, of the, one, of the, one of the guys in my class was like, ew, who would want to, who would want to have a girlfriend that was, you know, have, was having sex with everybody and everybody was like ew ew and i was like well it's a big deal <laughs> you know the big deal that's her job even then i understood that's a job you know or, or like they say in that movie basement where the woman is being raped the street woman is being raped and she looks at her friend who's also being raped and goes i don't keep anything of value in my pussy you know um so we, we, we have kind of gone very far from the 1940s, 1950s, where it was, you know, you know like some guy once asked me, you interviewed a porn star, Eugene, what was it like? What was it like? They come from planet Earth, bro. What the fuck are you thinking? So our understanding of, and women's understanding of how they function, you know, as individual agents and as, as social agents and collectively is, is fucking changed a lot. So when he says to me, uh, Eugene, you know, uh, things have been pretty tough. He was talking about changing roles and this whole drive to have it all. And like, you know, he he's probably comparing it to his parents, right? Like it, where, you, you know, you grow up in a house where your father never touches a plate. I didn't grow up like that. I didn't grow up like that at all. My mother was actually, my stepfather we would cook, would clean. You know, my mother said, your father, don't be like these other men. Your father knew knew how to do everything. Could sew his own clothes, could do everything. This is how I grew up. But I grew up like 80% of the people in my family were women. The men only married in for some reason. And of course, I ended up having three daughters. So none of this was unusual for me. I didn't feel I didn't, I didn't feel like I was chafing. Like I have a friend who will remain nameless 
who hasn't been able to sustain an emotional relationship with a woman since maybe 1993. Now he just, he's about my age, he just goes to prostitutes. Don't talk down that experience. Don't talk down, it's a valuable experience. It's a, it's a, a sex work, respectable job as far as I'm concerned. Like the Chinese saying goes, don't laugh at the prostitute, laugh at the poor person. It's kind of hard-hearted if you think about it. So he says it's been a tough couple of decades for men, and you've seen immediately, oh, take a drink, take a drink, the fucking poster fell. God damn it. Well, you know, when it falls, it also scores up the wall, so I got to repaint this. God damn it. Hold on a second. Oh, no. Don't keep fucking drinking because you're going to be drunk by the time this is over. All right, there we go. All right, all right. right. (laughs) You fucking pricks, you. I know you love it. You love when that poster goes. Anyway, so so what he was talking about, no sooner than those words come out of his mouth, to me, all of a sudden, I am John. Men are retreating to the woods with each other to beat drums. That was on the right side of the aisle. On the left side of the aisle, Leo Vasconcelos. And the whole thing about uh, the problem with prison, obviously something that he fucking mansplained and, 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 and bull rushed through legislation by threatening people, going to put all this money into the self-esteem study. And the studies found out that actually the problem with prisoners wasn't that they had extremely low self-esteem. That's why they weren't good. They had extremely high self-esteem. Their perception of what they deserved, very fucking high, very high. So, but Vasconcellos pushed it through. So from the left side of the aisle, there was this focus on self-esteem and the tender issues. And all working through it, there's stuff that you've seen me talk about, Rosie Greer, and this is the thing, big thing with Marlo Thomas back in the 60s. It's all right to cry. Even big guys do it. So in all in all, they say, well, there are a couple of problems with men. Men are not communicative. They don't, they're not as verbal. They don't talk to each other as much. They don't, they draw a lot of strength from collective action. Uh, football teams, armies, corporations, fraternities, you know, uh, um, organized crime. They draw a lot of str- masons from, uh, but at the same time, you know, individually, they might feel lost like the PTSD guys who came back from World War II, didn't know how to deal with it, shut down, were closed off from their emotions. Some of us are just raised that way. I did 23 of me, genetically predisposition for not a lot of sleep. My whole life, I've been struggling with, you know, what they, not struggling, I don't want to call it a struggle, other people would call it a struggle, with stuff. My mother used to sneak up on me, well, she used to sneak up on me for lots of things, but she would sneak up and watch me watch cartoons, and I'd be watching cartoons completely impassively. And now in my head, I was recognizing that stuff was funny, but it's like if you watch comedy with a comedian, a comedian very rarely laughs at other comedians because they're paying attention to what's happening. And if you get a, if you're a comedian who gets a laugh at another comedian, it's more being impressed at your engineering as a comedian than that the joke was funny. But the joke was also funny. It's involuntary. So there's this whole thing. I'm, I'm kind of going far afield, but there was this whole thing where both to to rejigger how men are individually with themselves and how they work collectively. And we've seen this both on the left and the right side of the aisle. So the, 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 on the right side of the aisle, now those cats have all become MRA guys, men's rights activists, and talk about snowflakes this and snowflakes that. Meantime, having embraced some of the lessons from the 60s and being easy to offend, we got this outrage culture, so everybody's on it. So we're in a really weird fucking place. But what hasn't changed is, what hasn't changed is how people are fucking uh, measuring themselves up to rape. Let's go back to an early sports star story Mike Tyson and Desiree Washington. I have no doubt. I have no doubt that both of them are right. I, I have no doubt. And, and, but of course, Tyson's not articulate enough to explain. And Desiree Washington has no interest in doing so. So um, the, he's, he's judging some beauty contests, a lot of attractive women there, attractive teenage women. And uh, apparently, uh, you know, maybe if you go back in your memories, remember hanging out with 18, 19 year old women, it's a very different thing. Um, I remember, I remember being older than 19, older than 19, 
and and telling a 19 year old woman that we should go hang out and she was like cool and i said just to put a fine point on it because i want to fuck you sorry for the language it is what it is and she thinks and she goes but i've got a boyfriend i go i'm not talking about your boyfriend i'm talking about you and me fucking and she was like ah ha 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 i go the first time i say something funny you'll know so we make these plans we, we make these plans and every time i could talk about it i'm like fucking for fucking for fucking 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 we're gonna be fucking we're fucking 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 right 30 times yeah we get to where we're going we get to the to the hotel room right we fucking get some food whatever i get cleaned up and i come out of the shower ba ba bing right it's like i'm clean i'm naked got a cot and she, as i started advancing on her on the bed she goes but i told you i, I have a boyfriend and i go and i told you <laughs> that we're gonna be fucking. and she goes no really seriously i you know I, I can't i got a boyfriend i can't fuck you i go you could but you're saying you won't and she said yeah i'm saying he's saying i won't and i go huh put my clothes on grabbed my bag and said you can have the room until uh <laughs> until sunday uh i gotta beat it so long and left that's something that would only happen with a 19 year old no 40 year old woman is gonna go someplace where you do a hotel after you told said more than 30 times let's fuck. that wasn't a breakdown in communication that was a generational issue she's thinking i already told him i had a boyfriend he's crazy but i told you okay so Desiree Washington goes up to Mike Tyson. He says, oh, "We should come to my room. You come to my room." I know it's Mike Tyson, like a celebrity, boxer, rough, tough guy. He's gonna come to the room, you know, coked out, but still, you know, come up to the room. So she goes up to the room. Now people in the community were saying that girl knew what she was doing. She was a, she did. She didn't know what she was doing. She, in my mind, and what I firmly believe, and this is based on years of fucking doing Columbo on the story and talking to people inside the boxing world, WBA commissions, people who might know who were there at the time, little bits and pieces, I've reconstructed this. She goes to his room. The understanding was she understood that she was actually gonna have sex. Not like my situation where the woman said, I got a boyfriend. Why would you try to have sex with somebody who's got a boyfriend? Oh, you fucking... Got no when to hold it and no when to fold it. That's when you leave. Yeah, you got the room, got a free room. <laughs> Good for you. So long. So she goes up to Tyson's room and she's ready for a night of tender love. Okay. Okay. This is where, after years in Oxbow, I got an edge. Right? I got to, like, if you see Oxbow on stage, you don't imagine that you're going to get a lot of prints when you get me back to your room. You know? rose petals and incense and you really can't imagine that right i mean i i have done that stuff too if the mood strikes but you know i figure anybody who is attracted to me via oxbow who has a show on tuesday by the way if you want to come you know the contest we're cut we're getting down to the nub so far only two of you are going that's roma and his dad but you know, it's one of those, I've understood pretty early on, anything could happen, Day. That's the pleasure of going to an Oxbow show and probably the pleasure of hanging out with me because anything could happen. But I'm much more stable than that. It's not like anything. People end up hanging out with me and they're, they're bored. <laughs> well, maybe not bored. But the reality is not anything's going to happen. Things are pretty predictable. But the things that are predictable for other people are unpredictable for me and vice versa which makes it kind of confusing. And it has that, the frisson of danger. So she goes up to Tyson's room with the understanding of having sex based on a 19 year old mind. Now it's works the other way. You know, I remember picking up a woman, well, let me put it, uh, she invited me over for dinner and she was, I must've been about 22 or 23 and she had to be 60. 
And so at dinner, and I'm like, I make my move, right? Because I've always been in the older women. But it was pretty clear to me that her modus operandi had been cemented, frozen in time from when she was originally sexualized. So, you know, in 1985, if she was 60, you know, she would have been, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, whatever. She came of age in the 40s, so it was a little, it was a little cloistered. How's, how's that? How's that? A little, little cloistered. So Desiree Washington goes up to Tyson's room, expecting and uh, and you know, thinking about sex. Tyson was also expecting sex, but Tyson's sexual universe was very fucking different. Very different. Now, a friend of mine who is uh, who was a, used to be a professor at Princeton, he, he picked up this woman and he goes, well, the first strange thing was that she was wearing two bras. I go, did you ask her why? He goes, yeah, she had no explanation. But she had large breasts, so maybe she needed two bras. And so she said, listen, I, I have something very specific in mind that I want you to do sexually. He's like, okay, what? And she said, uh you know, I want you to tell me that you're going to do these things. And she listened to things that she wanted him to say. And I'm going to say, no, no. And then I want you to do them anyway. Oh, boy, boy. Okay. All right. And he, he did it. And he said it was kind of cool, but kind of weird. And then he asked her, have you, you watch a lot of porn? And she goes, no, I never watch porn. He goes, have you ever? She goes, I never have. In my mind, this makes her a natural, that she's pursuing kink as it's emerged from the murk of her mind. But it scared him, it creeped him out, and he sadly, he dumped her. The point is that, that in, 1980, in 1980, whenever Tyson and Desiree Washington hooked up, you know, there, there was porn, but given where he was when he, he hit big, you know, Gus D'Amato found him when he was 12 or 13, I don't, I, I honestly think that probably a lot of his MO was not porn derived, not like now. I think he was just used to rougher trade, is what I'm saying. So at the end of the evening, Rashomon style, you have, and then maybe she was like complaining. Dude's a celebrity. One of the things that celebrity buys you is you don't have to listen to people complain. Get the fuck out of here. You know, maybe she says something like, it's kind of rough, Mike, or kind of hurt me last night. He goes, really? Well, you're just a hoe anyway. Get the fuck out of here. And she leaves and she says, that's fucked up. Now, I wrote a story for Ozzy about having a rape accusation of my own. An ex-girlfriend invited me to New York. She's going to come to New York on your birthday for a present you'll never forget. Her father won a Nobel Peace Prize. I talk about it. I don't call her by her real name in the piece. I showed her the piece and had her respond to the piece, and she apologized. And the evening was fucking weird from, from outset. I showed she, I call in New York, go, here I am. You told me to come to New York, you give me a birthday present. I didn't say that. I go, I'm here. She goes, well, I'm really busy. I can't see you. I go, okay, never mind. I realized I've fucking been played. Cross-country plane ticket cost me a lot of money back then. She says, no, 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 no. Okay, well, we can, we can meet after work. Okay, we meet after work. She goes, I, I can't stay. I got to get up for work early tomorrow. I go, fine. Whatever. She goes, well, if you're going to walk me back, that's fine. Okay, walk, you walk her back to her door. I'm, a, I'm trying to cut my losses. I want to leave. And she goes, well, you're going to come up? Or are you going to? I said, no. I mean, do you want me to come? She goes, I don't know. Do you want to come? I go, do you want me to come up? Now I'm a little testy. So we go, we, she says, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, come on up. So uh, we go up, you know, it's a shoeless household. I take off my shoes, I sit on the couch, we're talking, and she keeps going with it. She's got to get to bed. I was like, okay, well, I'll jam. And she goes, well, no, you can stay if you want. Do you want me to stay? Well, I don't know. Do you want to, do you want me to stay? Yes. Okay. So now I'm spreading out on the bed, uh, on, on the couch. And she goes, are you going to sleep on the couch? I go, do you want me to sleep on the couch? She goes, well, no, you can sleep. You can sleep in the bed. Okay. She goes, uh, well, I mean, or, 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 you know, should I, 
put in every it's a whole thing. Should I put in my diaphragm? Like, uh, yeah. Do you want to put? And at this point, man, I just fuck it. I just I, it, now I would have. I just pulled out. I just that. And so naturally, we start trying to have sex, and it's miserable and failing. I'm upset. When I'm upset, and uh, the ding dongers are not working. So fuck, fuck it. Perfect. He's made a decision for me. Let's go to sleep. They go to sleep. But I forgot, you know, and I wake up like an hour later with an erection, grab her, start making out, have sex in the morning. She gets up early for work, says me, is food in the refrigerator, pull the door after she gives me a kiss, she takes off. I come back to California, don't think anything about it. Get a call from a friend of mine. He says, uh, hey, Eugene, uh, I just talked to this other friend of ours. I interviewed him for the new piece as well. He was trying to be a writer on Saturday Night Live at the time, and she was trying to hang out with the, the young, the young upwardly mobile, the super successful guy. People went to Brown, Yale, Princeton, moved to York in their first jobs. The people who they've made Wall Street about sex in the city, the, the earlier generation of those people. He's out moving and shaking. He works at Paramount now, so he kind of made it. He's trying to be a writer. And she, in trying to impress him, said, oh, yeah, Eugene was out here. He raped me. So dude gets on the phone to my friend and says, hey, Eugene was here. She, she said that they raped her. So he calls me as rape. Let me, and I tell a story I just told. I immediately get on the phone. This is in the days before, no email. If I say, hey, uh, you know, I just talked to a client. And he said that you said I raped you. And she said, well, no, no, I mean, it's not, that's not what I said. I go, that's a direct quote and he got it from the other dude who was it uh, well i i did see her but i didn't i didn't say i didn't say that I, that's what he said that's the only reason i'm calling she goes well it wasn't very good i go there's a difference between bad sex and rape she goes yeah well uh you know i you know she hangs up the phone years later we renew our association and i bring this up she fucking apologizes i don't think anything about it and i start thinking like colombo starts to bother me and I start to fuck it up. I want to write this piece. And I interview the guy that she told it to. He didn't remember who she was. I go back to her and say, dude, you first told that you were trying to get with the Saturday Night Live writer, the potential writer. Um, he said he doesn't remember you. She goes, well, how could you not forget me? He's a, so now she's and finally she goes, look, I've been in an analysis for 20 years. I did fucked up shit back then. I was really fucked up. I'm sorry. Um, I understand. I have a daughter in college now. I have a son in college now. I understand, you know, racially how this talk could be freighted in a really weird, fucked up way. So I'm sorry. And I wrote the piece and I put her quotes in there and, and then the whole bit. So Tyson leaves, Desiree Washington leaves. They had leave with completely different fucking narratives. And finally, somebody says like, you know, well, maybe you should approach him again. You could talk about it, you know. Um, you know, uh, you know, and it goes from bad to worse. And finally, she goes, "Fuck it, I'm gonna talk to the cops." And the case unfolded the way you expect it to unfold. I really, with the passion with which he continues to speak about it, I really believe that he has no fucking idea. You know that, like, what constitutes if you had celebrity sex, which means that you've had sex that's pretty much allowed you to express however you want to be however you want to express yourself having sex with somebody who just had normal person sex it might be you know disorienting this irish sports star thing is not that this started with a night out with the fellas coke was consumed Alcohol was consumed. It was a movable feast. The party was picking up and in full swing. And woman makes her way across the club. Says, oh, I just wanted to say hi, celebrity, Irish sports star celebrity. I'm actually, and expresses a bona fide. I'm related to this, you know, do you know... Your woman, her brother's girlfriend, I'm her sister. Now, I don't know. I, I'm just making stuff. But what do I know? Allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. I just, I'm repeating what somebody told me. 
So he says, cleverly, probably something I would have said, so you came all the way over here to tell me that. <laughs> and she said, well, no, I just, you know, I just want to say, oh, you know, well, come on, come on, sit with us. I'm just taking the piss. You sit with, Jesus, you have a seat. You yeah. So she sits and they're drinking. And they're, now when people, I don't know how, care how loose you are, typically people still take Coke the same old way. Let's go to the bathroom. I make some trips to the bathroom. And he, he goes, I'm going to be up in you before the night's through. Oh, no, you're not. No, you're not. See, reflecting of, I'm going to have sex with you. I'm going to fuck you. I'm going to fuck you. I'm going to fuck you. Uh, well, I got a boyfriend. I'm gonna... Continues. Party goes to another place, ends up back in a hotel. Person figures, I'm fucking rolling. I'm hanging with celebrities. It's cool. It's how the other half lives. Drove over here in a Rolls Royce. It's all right. Guy gets a little chesty. And because people in the movies, people get chesty, maybe a slap is thrown. And once first blood is drawn, fucking game, prison style. Woman was having her period. Tampon gets jammed up inside. It had to be removed by a doctor later. He goes, okay, this is not working. Flips her over. Anal rape. What do I know? I just hear what birds tell me. Now, right now, hearsay, speculation, expressed with a name, slander, libel. Now we get into speculative land. She leaves crying and is upset, goes to the doctor to get it removed. And they ask, you know, what happened? Don't want to talk about it. But as you're removing stuff, they swab and they take chemicals out, biomass, also known as semen. The organized crime friends of said Irish sports star get wind of this, speculative, I'm just speculating, speculating, and they go, somebody needs to talk to her. So they come in, they drop a few names of people they know that are connected to their family. This would be a very... A lot of people depend on this cat for money. Cash cow. The between the lines reading that needed to happen easily happened. Now she's afraid. You do shit like that, you come back with a check first and foremost. But you understand when you're in that in that he said she said mind state, if you're the fucking cat who's zooted out of his head. The cat always thinks it's a game. The mouse never thinks it's a fucking game. So now tough guys come by. They make vague threats. Fuck this. Got to go to the cops. Cops take a report. Now this is okay because in the Irish press and in the UK in general, slander and libel laws are fucking serious. There's a guy, Carl D'Amata, who I think I called in print a fuckhead and found out that he was trying to actually sue me. And somebody just talked him out of it. It was like, you're trying to make your way here as a publicist and a show promoter, and you're going to sue a guy in a band for calling you a fuckhead. You will have no business left. Don't do this. And so I got wind of it. Instead of calling the guy Carl Damata, I started calling him Carla Tamata. And I start repeating what I said that he was going to sue me over as though, look, he's a, you know, I apologize for calling him a scum sucking fuck it. And I repeat, that's a bit of fun. Now we're talking actual crimes. Goes to the cops. Newspapers are not touching it except to say Irish sports star because nothing's happened yet. Cops are taking the report and they, at this point now, the cops are adjudicating shit. They ask the Irish sports star to come down. And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, she was there. Maybe you should test her for fucking drugs because you think she was high. Don't know. Yes, the sex was had. It was consensual. Let's call it the Mike Tyson defense. But what we get with Tyson is ignorance versus awareness. Now she's already she she got the went to the doctor, got on record, 
got the tough guys, got scared, went to the cops, got on record, and now they're ass out. They got to at this point, got to, got to, got to at this point, they got to fucking make a deal with this woman. So they go back and it's like the old joke about, uh, would you have, you know, uh, sex with me for $10? No. Would you have sex with me for a million dollars? What kind of woman do you think I am? He said, well, we know what kind of woman you are. Now we're trying to agree on the price. How much is your anus worth? We talked about this on, on a V49. I talked about it. As a man, if I was raped, you can't change history. At this point now, how much is justice, you know, what do you call it, uh, 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 reparative justice or restorative, restorative justice? How much is your ass worth? I've already, as a man, say, I've already been raped. That's historical fact. What's going to make me feel better? Justice by the rapist goes to jail and therefore not open to raping others it's a severe or out of which i get nothing even if i write a book about it and it's peanuts or do i take a check for five mil last week v49 i said i take the check but that's because in this case i i think that you're dealing with a guy who, who who's probably not a repeat offender, but who, who knows? You get a tranche of $150 million in your pocket, you might go a little bit off the deep end too. This is not exculpatory. No, 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 no. Like the Oxbow song says, pass the strictest sentence. I would like, like the Nazis, they, somebody said about the Nazis, Daniel Goldhagen, and Hitler's willing executioner said, every act, every act of murder that the Nazi regime committed was accompanied by an act of theft. What I'd like to see is every act of rape accompanied by a stabbing. Because in general, because of these free-floating different narratives, and because at least 50% of the time, 50% of the, the perpetrators have no understanding. I, 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 I'll, give you, I'll give you another example. Let, 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 me, let me give you another example. Suppose, suppose you are, and I, this isn't even gender-based, suppose you are a person who enjoys being on the receiving end of anal sex, right? Now, you got your head around that. So, they identify an object of their desire, and they make arrangements to, to, to have an assignation. They're going to have an affair. They're going to go out and have sex. I don't care whether it's two men, a man and a woman. Look at that. And that first sexual encounter, people rolling around, they, is a heterosexual couple, is vaginal sex, and then the guy moves to anal sex. Now, a portion of the people will think to themselves, that was a little fast. Like there should be some graduated scale based on increased intimacy, increased intimate acts. But these are people who have a mythology built up around the anus. I mean, if this is something you like, it's something you like. First date, third date. What's the difference if you're having sex? So there's a lot of stuff that's like that. However, sex is like dancing, and a lot of it is contingent on your partner. If your partner is a, is a fucking coke-fueled, disrespectful piece of shit, then he'll do what he wants, and you'll be angry the next day. Had you stabbed him, then people would have been very upset with you because they're unsure of the nature of the narrative. I have a friend who appeared in a, in a porno movie. She was drugged by the director. She, on the film, you see her say, realize that she's been drugged, and she says, she's talking to Max Hardcore, she says, Max, you're a piece of shit. You're a piece of shit. You fucking drugged me. You're a piece of shit. And he's like, oh, baby, no, no. She sues him, takes him to court. 
almost won, except she had made, in the eyes of the judiciary, a mistake. She had come back later, undrugged, and filmed a similar scene with him. The judge said either, you know, you can't willingly admit to, nowadays, the, the Hart, Max Harcourt would have gone to jail. I never consented to be drugged. So the fact that I came back sober and undrugged and filmed the same scene with him doesn't mean he didn't commit a crime. These are free-floating narratives. It gets confusing, but it gets real clear if you accompany it with a stabbing. I don't care about that. I, in actual fact, I don't care about any of the he said, she said stuff. I see some of y'all on my Twitter feed going back. Well, you know, some, oh, you guys just really want this to be true. As the MMA community, at this point, you got to think about it <clears throat> the way the bald one would think about it. It's like Air Cash Cow might have committed a crime that's going to fuck 2019 right in the ear. So what do you do? Well, you talk to Cash Cow and say, how are you going to fix this? Sending your thugs in is not going to fucking work. Unless you had killed her that night, this shit's not going to work. So you need to part with some cash to keep. And the thing is, parting with cash that way, you never know when the person's going to want to come back. You got to give them enough so they can't possibly fucking blow it. 15 mil. I would settle for four. There you go. You got a price. My anus is worth four million, not dollars. Now you're strong enough to hold me down and rape me up the butt and you have $4 million. There you go. 15 mil. But also there's a social fabric. This girl has, a, has had a boyfriend. You know, uh, uh, dude, sports star in question, has family, supposedly. Still, who knows? I'm hearing rumors that the, fa the family knows is pissed off with him. So the fact that a crime was committed, historical fact, how you deal with everything, it's a great line from Mulholland uh, uh, Drive, uh, uh, the David Lynch thing, where the cowboy is talking to the director. Would you say... A man's outlook on life has a good deal to do with how his future plays out. I said, yeah, yeah, it's easy. I want you to think about that for a second before you answer. Because no, no, I thought it was, no, you're not thinking. You're trying to be a smart aleck. I want you to think about that. Now, I want us to think about that. Because now, I think a check has been cut. That's my feeling. A check has been cut. It will undo this. You, you got a guy. How do you play it if you're the bald one? How do you play it if you're if you're the bald one? Because this guy's a fucking liability. You can't have him drive your fucking ship 20 yards, 30 yards. He's a fucking liability. He's got nobody around him. There's no custom motto for this Irish sports star. Jack Dempsey was purportedly, allegedly, a, 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 an organized crime rapist. They would bring him into the whorehouses specifically to break women who were on the edge. Jack Dempsey, when people talk about the great boxing champions of your, some of these guys are pieces of shit. So um, I'm not going to get lost in the weeds here. Well, he said, uh, let, let's just for a second, as a head of an organization, as a lover of the sport, Assume worst case scenario and let's try to fucking fix it. Because in the fixing, we are disgustingly complicit. That's a problem. Because we've said that the nature of this crime is not enough to get the person out of the fucking community. We care more about our fights in the cage than we care about anal rape out of the cage. That's why Ben Roethlisberger is still playing football. Well, I don't know if he still is, but you know what I mean. Our nature, our, our, our relationship to heterosexual rape is fucking fucked up.
which is why I would like every act of rape to be accompanied by an act of murder, specifically the rapist being murdered. You say, well, Eugene, you're inconsistent. It seems like what you're saying is, yeah, what I'm saying is the woman in New York never would have stabbed me to death because I didn't rape her. Desiree Washington probably wouldn't have stabbed Mike Tyson to death. She's kept her silence ever since. You know, there's no why dredge that shit up. The woman who maybe just got $4 million or pounds or whatever uh, probably would have stabbed him when he was doing it. Tom Sizemore, when he uh, fingered the, the preteen on the set of the movie, she probably, if she hadn't have been terrified of him, probably would have stabbed him to death. In other words, what they say about sex crimes is true. Sex crimes are not about sex. They're about power. And if you somehow alter the tables and, and, and take that power back, somehow, what, I'm at fault now. I'm at, you know, there are cases, there are articles about rape in Ireland. And keep in mind, abortion was like totally illegal. It's, it's been a tough place for women Ireland for a long time. Don't fucking tell me it's not. I've been there a lot. Toured there a lot. Where, you know, you could get, yep, guilty. I raped the shit out of her. They go, okay, you're going to go to jail. And three years later, you see the guy at the supermarket. Wouldn't have happened if he had stabbed him to death. And I guarantee you, if you had stabbed him to death, you wouldn't be three years later in the supermarket. Which is why I, the father of three daughters, I've had them doing martial arts from the time that they could stand. If you follow me on Instagram or, or, or Twitter, you see me put up the thing of my my, uh, my uh, uh, youngest daughter at wrestling competitions, smoking boys. She's trained with me and smoked grown adult men. Nah, none of this shit. None of this confusion. There's justifiable confusion and unjustifiable confusion. But in the end, everybody's confused. But this was not that. Not at all. Not from the reports. I wasn't there. What do I know? But what I do know is I fucking liked the dude. And now I feel fucking dirty that I even liked him. I'm not talking. God love you. If you're going to say hearsay, slander, libel, it never happened. If you're okay with that. If you're okay with him meeting your sister, your daughter, whatever, your, your friend, you. I've heard stuff that rumors that I haven't gone into, actually. You know, those John Lennon rumors. Man, I really want a blowjob. Yeah, me too. Yeah, but I don't want to wait, if you know what I mean. Heard those rumors too. But, you know, it's all fun and games until somebody's holding you down on the bed. Then it's not so fun. And it's not so gamey. So, um... Again, I'm not down in the weeds. You know, I understand that the 60s and the 70s changing conceptions of what right and wrong is, but this Gillette commercial that has all these people fucking wanting, the reality of it is, you know, you got to understand how women are justifiably fucking pissed off. Don't understand. Like, okay, maybe Brett Kavanaugh did this shit when he was 16. Maybe. Do you think that that justifies him getting the top fucking job in the country? You do understand. You do understand that if you were a, a fucking a, a, a store manager for a fucking Target and somebody sent in a letter saying, I understand you got a store manager for Target. I'd just like to say this guy when I was 16, he tried to rape me. Do you think that guy would get that job at Target? He would not. There are lots of worthy people for that fucking job that people pushed that through and voted for that guy. Do you understand how angry that makes women? Because it makes me fucking angry. Because I know that you got to be a member of a club to get that kind of blind eye turned to your shit. So all I'm not asking for a handout. I'm not actually for asking for a hand. I'm just asking for don't fucking bullshit me. 
Don't fucking bullshit me. Don't tell me that's an even playing field when it's not an even playing field. And in this in this regard, women are not communicative enough. They've started to be with the Me Too and the Times Up and 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 and, and that kind of shit. No, you you're you're not perfect. No, probably not. You know, probably not. Like I said, when I met my wife, I had no for the first time. I wasn't wearing pants. I was in public, not wearing pants. Had she not liked me, it would have been a Me Too moment, maybe. I mean, I wasn't just showing her. I was walking around in public that way. But does it make a difference now? Does it? We have friends at newspapers. They might like a story like that. Mm. Spin that story any way you want. The former steroid using uh, with with the satanic tattoos and the Nazi regalia. What? Confused with the, the star of David and his Judaism and his and the, what? And he's punching guys in the face and he's strangling people at underground fight clubs. You know, depending on how they spin it, they could make you look very bad. But the reality of it is nobody, but nobody would stab me for what I've done. Meaning I didn't deserve to get stabbed for what I've done. But right now there's an Irish sports star who very clearly deserves to get stabbed for what he's done. I don't know which Irish sports star we're talking about, really. His name was leaked to the press today, but that's unreliable. I don't know. I'm not going to caught in the weeds. But I'm just going to say, what does it mean to continue to throw your support behind this guy? What does it mean for the Uzi to continue to support this guy, if it is indeed that guy? What does it mean to continue your, 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 your fan support? What does it mean to be entertained by the funny things he will say in the future, knowing that somebody's ass is a little bit wiser? What does it mean that the guy was coke-fueled and somehow has avoided the test? What does it mean? I told you a year ago that there was another fucking sports star in the UFC who made Johnny Boney Joni look like a fucking Boy Scout. Think about small towns. Got big mouths. How do you think it is when I played Waylands in, uh, on the main strip down there in Dublin? One of the first people I ran into was a guy... Who, whose friend I had sued. You think, you think that was coincidence? Coincidence was not. So right now, I want you to get your fucking, your moral weather vane spinning in the right way. I started the story talking about how I was falsely accused. It's not cool being falsely accused. Kibono. Kibono. Well, you say easy what she has to gain. $4 million, $5 million. She lives in a small town. Easily. The, the hit to her reputation as a victim, she would probably trade that money for a sec to go back in time to make that unhappen. Like the, I did a piece called Stomping Out Rape Literally. A, a guy tried to rape a friend of mine and we almost beat him to death. I wrote it for Ozzy, stopping out rape, period, literally. Oh, you can find it. She came in and everybody doubted that she had been raped. And I said, uh, out of all the things she said tonight, all of all the things she could have come in here to say, why would she have said that one? Got nothing to gain by, by fingering this guy. Let's go talk to him. Unbreakable logic. She could have come in and said aliens, fucking anything. But she said a very specific thing. And all you got on the other side is, yeah, but. Yeah, I met him. Yeah, but. She came across, yeah, but. Then I did she, we do a go, yeah, but. Well, yeah, but, said, yeah, but it was consensual, really. So she's saying now it's not. She's got tears. Well, I'm big. Now, you know what? Save that shit. Didn't work for fucking Tyson, but it might work in Dublin. Especially when accompanied by a nice, big, fat, juicy check. My question is, what does it mean to be a fan after that? And what does the organization that sponsors them, how do they take another flyer on a guy who's a fucking liability? You can't make, slap him in a rehab, but you can't acknowledge that he's been doing coke. 
It's a sticky, fucked up situation, and we're dead, dead, dead center in the middle of it. Oh, well. I thought 2019 would be a year of ESPN Plus, good fights, and, and, and the UFC trying, to, uh, trying to, to get their nut before the three years are up. That's yeah, a five-year deal, but three years is enough. They need to see straight-up numbers. The chart needs to go straight up three years, and I don't know if we're going to see that. And you sure as fuck are not going to see it with that kind of self-immolation. So there's a victim. It's that girl. Secondary victim is us who have been drawn this uncomfortable relationship with a sport that we love. But a guy with 160 mil in the bank, I don't think he's got too many problems. Act right. But could you bet on this guy? Only if that guy was operating under the fear of death and there's nobody that can bring that to him now. Nobody. Nobody. Had he raped a man, you might get a very different response. Collectively, individually. Anyway, uh, that's it. I kind of went a little bit with the Irish sports star. The Fedor thing. What can be said about Fedor and, and Ryan Bader, friend of knuckle up Ryan Bader, that won't be said in a few weeks about fucking uh, Anderson Silva and Israel Dianas? I mean, Fedor has been in fights like that before, but never on the receiving end of fights like that. That shit was just a fucking looping, lazy left hook or a jab, but I don't even remember what it was at this point. How are you going to continue paying that guy the money that you're paying him just to have his name on the back when you're dealing with a five and two guy who's 40 and mulling over fucking retirement? Come on. Much like all the, the great hardcore bands of old fucking with their legacy by just embarrassing themselves. Here I'm, I'm looking at that whole, all that black flag kerfuffle of a few years ago. And the embroil with with the dead Kennedys and these guys, these legacy cats, just to you know, how how how? Tell him where the road turns. Where does the road turn for Fedor? Should have stopped. Randy's not fighting anymore. Apparently, he's masturbating on video. You shouldn't be either. Either masturbating on video or uh, fighting. Stop it. Stop it. Interesting question is now you got a champ champ in Ryan Bader. What does Ryan Bader Ryan Bader do? There's no place for him to go, really. Maybe gain some weight, go heavyweight, get lured back to the UFC. Don't know. Don't know. But that's the end of the show. My voice, I'm trying to save it because I got Oxbow's playing Tuesday night at the chapel in San Francisco. You should try to be there if you're within the sound of my voice or geographically close enough to make the roadie. People flying in from Colorado, somebody flying in from Florida. It'll probably be one of the only times that we play in San Francisco in 2019, and maybe one of the few times we play this year. We're focusing on the record. What we're trying to do is make a bad record because we haven't made one bad one yet. Maybe we'll succeed. Any case, Ozzy, confidential. Go there now. Sign up. You can sign up through iTunes. You can sign up through Himalaya. Or to get it tonight, otherwise it'll be up tomorrow. Tuesday night, 7.20 usually, unless there's some alteration change, is uh, uh, If I Did It, where we examine PR kerfuffles in the world of MMA. Maybe at this point now, collectively, we can open up to Alexi and Kid, Kid Nate. Talk about the situation. It'll be enough to talk about on Tuesday. Followed by, oh, man, If the Shoes Fit, where we take a... PR kerfuffles in the non-MMA world. Tuesday, you also have the Care Don't Care uh, preview for the Fort, uh, UFC Fort Laser fight I did with Steph Haynes. Haynes, Crooklyn. John Nash is out doing some hashtag rich guy shit. So that'll be Tuesday. She's editing it now. Amazingly, four cares on the card. Not totally sucky, but you watch the show. We veer, we veer off track plenty of times. 
and we've reached the end of V50. If you say, Yuji, we listened to you for the whole hour. There was no fucking conclusion. There is no conclusion. The situation is still in flux. It's in play. Talking about conclusion. Conclusion. I got your fucking conclusion. Don't rape anuses. There's your conclusion. You know? The grief that you have to go through to accuse somebody in a serious way argues against them being fake accusations. That's another thing. If they were to apply the, the Nazi the Nazi rule of death equals theft to follow it with rape equals knifing, things might be a little different. I know a guy who went, he's writing a piece for me for, for Ozzy, uh, True Stories right now, uh, murdered his girlfriend's sister's boyfriend who was beating the slop out of her. Threatened to kill them all. Fell on a knife. And the guy who was holding a knife, who was there defending the two women from this 265-pound fucking bruiser, had to go to prison for six years. Involuntary fucking manslaughter. That guy wouldn't have done anywhere near six years for beating and terrorizing this woman and kidnapping her and holding her hostage. Don't tell me they're not two laws. But that's the end of the show. I'd like to leave on a high note, but that seems to be fairly impossible. <laughs> you know, uh, I mean, you know, given the distribution and the numbers in the world, for everybody who doesn't want to have sex with you, there are probably a half a dozen people who will find the ones who will, or it's like the song by X, you know, uh, Johnny Hit and Run Pauline. He was looking for that special girl, the one who said no. I remember one of the things I said to the woman who, who decided that she had a boyfriend who could have sex with me when she said no. I said, you know, it's funny, you know, if I offered you a sandwich of shit and you said no, I would believe you. But I'm offering you my penis and you say, well, no, I have a boyfriend and I don't quite believe you. But when it came time to decide whether or not I had to believe her, I left. Why? Because I'm ego-fueled. That's why I left. That's why I left. I don't have to force... Hey, me, I don't have to force... Look at this hunk of man. I don't got to force myself on anybody. Hey, we didn't do the question and answer thing. Sorry about that. We'll get you next week. Anyway, this is the end of V50. This is the uh, Eugene S. Robinson Show Stomper. I'm your host, Eugene S. Robinson. You can find me at Eugene S. Robinson on Twitter or Mr. Sleep 3, number 3 on Instagram. Uh, we'll turn this into a SoundCloud audio-only file, usually by Tuesday. That'll be up as well. If you follow me on Facebook, you can see it there. Otherwise, Twitter is the best way to get it. Thanks for listening. You just robs I'm going to go somewhere right now and take care of my throat so it's in shape for the show. Until then, look what you made me do! Yeah.